um, many people have been cooking or baking more while at home. Um, and so uh, the rest of this month, the rest of May, we're going to reflect on what you may have been making and some of the, some passages from scripture, scripture giving us some food for thought. So um, we're looking today at cakes. Next week, we'll talk about casseroles, breads, and then we'll talk about s'mores on Pentecost. I hope your brains are working and your brains are thinking about what might be coming for this because I'm really excited about it. So as we reflect this morning um, from our passage with Elijah on cakes, let's pray together. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> well, um, a few months ago, um, I always plan out our sermon series from, uh, from July to June. Um, and of course, things have changed a little bit in uh, our time together. Um, but one of, the, one of the sermons that I was, I, was, uh, I was pontificating on was something about food. And I didn't quite know where it was going or what it was going to be like. Um, and so uh, a few months ago, I went to a class and to a workshop that was taught by um, a historical food scholar. Um, and his name is Adrian Miller. Did you hear that? A historical food scholar. Like what kind of a job is that? Doesn't that, I don't know, that sounds sort of magical to me and sort of really curious and interesting. So um, the title of the class that I went to with this historical food scholar, um, it was called The Theology of Barbecue and Soul Food. I know, this was an actual like class. This was something that I went for continuing education and it was delicious. Um, at one point, um, <clears throat> when we, uh, we, we talked about soul food, obviously that was part of the title of the class, um, and when you think about soul food or when you think about what soul food is, um, oftentimes we think of that a lot as Southern food, like um, fried chicken or fried okra or mashed potatoes and gravy or mac and cheese or biscuits and jelly and honey and cobblers and pies and, you know, Maybe you're feeling a little bit hungry. Uh, it's so good. Um, so uh, I was talking about soul food, right? Oh, right, soul food. Um, so <laughs> we talked about soul food and then we ate some soul food as we were talking about it. Um, and, uh, and I learned some things about soul food that I found really interesting. Um, soul food was food that was made in churches. Now that seems sort of logical in one way, but it also seems really strange in another. Um, in part, soul food was made in churches because cities didn't allow kitchens or cooking privileges to African Americans, and especially those post-slavery. So, um, so African Americans couldn't cook or didn't have, weren't able to own any restaurants or have cooking privileges. And so the churches allowed that because churches had kitchens um, and churches started to begin restaurants, um, especially as places for African-Americans to come and cook and to eat. And so the food that was cooked there became known as soul food. And soul food was celebration food. Now, if you think about it and you think about soul food and celebration food, if you ate all of the things that you think about as soul food, 
for celebration or celebration food. If you think about all of those foods that you would identify as soul food or celebration food, if you ate those every day, <clears throat> what kind of health problems might you have? I mean, fried chicken every day, mac and cheese every day. I mean, there's a part of it that may sound delicious, but you know, it starts to it starts to build up and it starts to to affect our health as well. But if you think about it, not just in terms of health, um, but in terms of celebration, when we have taken soul food out of context at times um, and perhaps eat it more than we should, what happens when you take celebration food out of context? What does it become? Is it still celebration food? If we eat it every day, what does it look like? Now, as we've been sheltering in place, um, I have seen more people cooking and baking. Uh, Stephen and I have decided that um, we're trying new recipes, so we pick a new recipe every week that we cook together, something that neither of us has made or sometimes even eaten before. Um, and we try it out to see how it is and how it goes. And so far, most have been successful. Uh, so far, we've done pretty good. Uh, but I've also, uh, I've also been doing more baking and I've seen so many other people doing more baking too. Making cookies and cupcakes and scones and muffins and breads and cakes and cobblers and pies. And I'm sorry, you are probably going to get hungry during this series. So uh, please feel free to eat during worship. That's totally fine. <clears throat> now, um, especially uh, in this time, um, but uh, baking is often done for folks when they're feeling a lot of stress or a lot of pressure. And that seems like it doesn't quite go together. If you're really stressed out, you probably don't have time to do a lot of baking. And that's true for some people, um, especially right now. There are some people who are just too overwhelmed uh, with trying to figure out life in general. And so to think about trying to bake is just too much. And that's completely fine and normal. Uh, and it's also just as normal to, uh, to do what's called stress baking. And I've read a lot of articles and heard a lot of interviews about stress baking. Um, because baking is something that uh, takes time and effort and attention to detail. You have to really pay attention to what you're doing. But it can also allow for some creativity and decorating, uh, like decorating your cakes or cupcakes, or just trying something new. And um, ultimately, the reward at the end of it is usually something delicious and some more dishes to do. But um, I've been finding that I'm really enjoying baking and making. Um, but I don't always enjoy having the things around my house all of the time. Uh, so I've been enjoying baking and making and giving away. I think that a lot of people are doing this as well. I mean, there's a reason why it's been hard to find things like sugar and flour in the grocery store. So what does this have to do with anything with faith or even with our passage for this morning? Well, our passage for this morning comes from the book of 1 Kings, and it's the story of Elijah, uh, a story of Elijah. Uh, and this is a passage that's, that's just before 
uh, a very pretty commonly known passage for most churches. Um, it's the story of the passage where God appears to Elijah in the form of sheer silence. Uh, and that's a story that's told a lot in churches, so it may be one that's really familiar to you. Um, or there's also the story that happens just before that, which is often another story that people from churches tend to know. And it's the story of Elijah, um, the testing of, of Elijah's God, or God, and uh, the Ahab and Jezebel's God, Baal. Um, and Elijah and God triumph ultimately over Baal and um, uh, and immediately after Ahab and Jezebel, they don't care what just happened. Um, instead, they send a message to Elijah and this is our passage for the morning. So after this, uh, this testing has happened and just before God appears to Elijah, we have this story, which I think is really kind of a beautiful story. Um, <clears throat> so uh, after this testing of God and of Baal, uh, Ahab and Jezebel don't really care what just happened. And so they send a message to Elijah. And the message goes, So may the gods do to me and more if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Now that one of them are some of the priests from the, the story of the testing. And during the story of the testing of Baal, all of the priests of Baal were killed. And so this is a message to Elijah from Jezebel saying, I am going to kill you. Um, so, you know, that's, it's a happy message. Um, so Elijah clearly is fearing for his life. Um, and so he decides, he, he um, goes and, 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 and takes the people who he's with and, and gets them to safety. And then he goes into the wilderness. And while he's in the wilderness, his plan there is to die. So he sits under a broom tree and he waits for death. In fact, this is what he says. He says, it is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. It is enough. Okay, so here's a spoiler alert. Um, Elijah wasn't killed for the messages that he brought, which was really common for most prophets. Most prophets were killed for their message. Um, in fact, according to the scriptures, Elijah is the only person that doesn't die, but was rather taken in a whirlwind by God. But that's a story for another day. <clears throat> but Elijah, being a prophet was not an easy job. You were often ridiculed or had death threats um, people didn't like you. It was a hard job being a prophet. And so Elijah has come to the point where he is tired of the assaults and seeing people not listen and not believe um, to what he was sharing from God. And then he has this threat of death that's looming. Even though he wasn't physically killed, to be in a place where your spirit and emotional being is killed is sometimes worse. So Elijah goes away to get away from it all and he just wants to die. Have you ever been that desperate? Maybe not that you wanted to die, but maybe you just wanted to get away from everything. Maybe you wanted it all to stop. 
it is enough. Maybe that's something that you've been saying during this time. When is enough enough? And enough may look different for each of us. But at some point over the past couple of months, you've probably said, it is enough. And Elijah says, it's enough. And then he lays down to take a nap. Stephen and I are coming up on our first anniversary. Yay. Um, and it was, uh, I think it was, this was a conversation that we had the first week that we were married. Um, and I, it was probably a Sunday afternoon. And Sunday afternoons have often been the time when I enjoy a good nap. Um, and I probably was feeling a little... Maybe I was a little grumpy. I don't know. Um, but uh, Stephen said to me, he said, do you think you should take a nap? And I said, you know, I just don't know. I'm not sure yet. Uh, and he said, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do. And I said, well, that's good. I appreciate that. Um, he said, yeah, I did that once and it didn't go well. I was like, well, yes, that's accurate. <laughs> um, and he said, I, I may make some suggestions from time to time, though. And I said, well, yeah, of course, that's fine. Um, and then he sort of paused and he said, like, do you think you should take a nap? I think I took a nap. Um, and sometimes life just feels better after a nap. When you take a break, maybe you rest your body. And maybe it gives you a new perspective. It gives you time and space away and you feel rested. And so Elijah takes a nap. And while he's sleeping, there beside him, a cake was baked on hot stones and a jar of water was given to him. <clears throat> and so he woke up and found them and he ate and drank and then went back to sleep. And then it happened a second time. He was woken up and there were cakes and water. And so he eats and drinks. And then the angel of the Lord says to him that he needs to prepare to meet God. Get up and eat. You're going to need your strength. Even in the midst of everything that Elijah is feeling, it is enough. God still provides. God was still present, even if Elijah didn't want God to be. Now, when you think about cakes or cupcakes, they're, um, they're often a celebration food. A friend's daughter had her third birthday at the beginning of the shelter-in-place order, and every couple of days, she asks for another birthday cake. Now, it's well past her birthday, but they make a cake together about every couple of weeks and they celebrate. Sometimes when you're in a place of loneliness or desperation or depression or feeling overwhelmed, you need to be reminded to celebrate. You need to be reminded that it hasn't always been this way and it won't always be this way. 
get up and eat. Elijah is called. And so he goes to this, this cave at Mount Horeb. And the end of our passage here ends with this question from God. What are you doing here, Elijah? And that story is beautiful also, but I think that's a really profound question to ask. What are you doing here, Elijah? And I wonder, could Elijah have heard God if his belly wasn't full? Could Elijah have heard God if he hadn't been fed by this holy food? What are you doing here, Elijah? May you be fed with food. May you be fed with promises that it hasn't always been this way and it won't always be this way. May you know that you have been supported by God. May you know that you are supporting one another. So here's what I'd like to do. I want us to feed each other. Remind us of celebration and hope through cupcakes. What says hope more than cupcakes? Okay, there's probably a lot of things that say hope, but I think cupcakes are celebration food and remind us of celebration and of hope. So if you're willing to make some cupcakes for someone else, Share that in the comments below. You can do contactless pickups or drop-offs, or we can help to arrange that as well here. Share in the comments if you're willing to make some cupcakes for someone. Now, if you need some cupcakes, comment that you want some. Maybe for you, the idea of cooking or baking right now is so overwhelming. Maybe you just can't think about doing one more thing. Well, maybe someone else can do that for you to offer some celebration and to hope. Or maybe you just can't get the ingredients. Maybe you can't afford them. Maybe it's too much. Maybe you just can't go to the store. So maybe we can help. We can offer some celebration and some hope. So you can match yourselves up in the comments below to see who might be making cupcakes or who might be needing cupcakes. Um, so you can match up together um, or we'll make sure that people get matched up together. Because here I think it can also be, it can also be really uncomfortable and vulnerable to share that you might need something, even something like cupcakes. So if it's more comfortable to share that privately, please do that. You can call, you can email, you can text, you can send messages to our page here or personal page, and we'll still get you matched up. <clears throat> now, if we have everyone all matched up and you are still baking cupcakes and you don't have anyone to make cupcakes for, do you have a neighbor? I mean, you probably have a neighbor, right? Maybe you can drop some off to your neighbors to let them know that they've been blessed 
to enjoy some celebration food or some signs of hope. Share some holy food, some celebration food, some hope food. Now, it won't make all of our feelings disappear forever, but it might be enough for just the moment. It is enough. Enough for us to get up, eat, and go.